I'm sitting here in the beautiful Ladysmith. That's Ladysmith with an I, with a dear friend of mine, Vernon Adams, a name synonymous with radio in the Western Cape. We're first going to dive back into the history of what the heck Vernon Adams is and his DNA and everything else because he's done things. He doesn't talk. And then we're going to talk about a fantastic venture. In fact, we're looking at the full moon. Um, in Ladysmith. We're not going to mention the place or anything like that because that's under an NDA. We've been invited here to do a in loco inspection. So Vernon, it's very early in the morning. I know you've had a cup of coffee, but nothing like grabbing the opportunity when it's hot. Thank you for talking to me. Your DNA going back to those great days of radio <laughs> and what you did because you know a lot. I think... Um to describe those days is great, sure. That's most probably the most inaccurate description. Um, those great, those days were painful. Those are painful days. People who were there and who knew how they treated others will account better for themselves. But those days were painful. I, I came out of um, community media. Uh, Part of it was student resistance media. Well, I went through that in high school, um, both with Europe Education Resource and Information Project um, at UWC, which helped COSAS, which helped the SACP, with what we would think of as um, political education. And the part I loved most about it was the audio recordings, you know, listening to speeches from abroad, listening to Radio Freedom, um, and the process of mixing that to cassette tape or cutting up reel-to-reels, making what you would be making now, podcast. <laughs> but you were involved in Peace FM. There were great mentors. We were talking last night around a bry yeah. names that came up that are still synonymous and iconic um, a name like Neil Johnson, a name like Martin Bailey, they were influential in, in, in your life in guiding you to what you ended up running at KFM, at Good Hope, at P4. Am I right? Yeah, I mean, folks, are, are, everyone has an influence on everyone. And it, it's, it's for you to understand that influence as a relationship in that moment. And, you know, you can't undervalue what a Martin or a Neil um, can bring to your life. Perspective, focus, um, that, that drive for excellence. And that was a really good part of shaping, or it wasn't just my production thinking, but also like my personal ethos, you know? You want to make not good things, you want to make great things. That's such a brilliant point to, to segue where we are now. We're in a place called Ladysmith, just past Barrydale. Ladysmith with an I. Um, an incredible thing that you're working on. In broad strokes, what is it that you're doing? In broad strokes, again, um, I've had the opportunity in my life, like I've had before, to pioneer something. And it's so... Um, it's so incredible, which is another overused word, but to have those moments in your life where you can be part of 
a momentous change in an industry, in an offering to other people. You know, that's incredible. It's incredible. Martin, you've been in the music industry, you know, when those pivotal moments came around where industries change. And looking at the event and hospitality industry, the outdoor experience, that experience economy, and it's just like radio. It's just like looking back at radio for me, and this is personal. Looking at, at times at Bush Radio and other places where if you were trying to innovate, even at those times, where I was trying to question the norm, you were just seen as an outlier. You were isolated, you were pushed aside. That was my experience, by the way, of formative radio. You would but be, it's still very much like that today. If you come up with something yeah, that's not their idea, in inverted commas, yeah. you, you struggle. Well, not, not just their idea, but their comfort zone. They, 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 I, people know this, I always say it in radio, you're making McDonald's radio. You know? And even then, where revolutionaries had the chance to make expressive content, they didn't. Where today, um, revolutionary radio, community radio, should be leading the experimental side, the innovation side. They mimic commercial. But we're digressing. Come back to Ladysmith with an I. Near Barrydale. The experiences here that I don't think people in the big cities understand. So coming back to that mimicry, in, in the world of, of designing experiences, uh, use, your own, use your own experience, Martin, um, of shows, productions, you've seen the formulas, the safe formulas. In the experience economy right now, You've seen many outdoor events, festival formulas. Well, we're building here turns that on its head because it comes back to a attention to service and hospitality that's very lacking in that formula festival at, at this point. It's so focused on the stage element and the performative element that it does not look after... The punter. The, the punter pre during and post-event in a relationship where the punter feels like, wow, I'm part of a thing. I can add to a thing and I can experience a thing well, I mean, in, I a, just, in a I bigger just, relationship. I just interviewed Michael Yormark, uh, the president of Rock Nation International, the sports side. He said it's not about the, the team on the field. It's the entire experience from standing in the queue to buy the sandwich or the, or the beer, mm. the ticketing experience, the parketing experience. It's everything. It's all part of the event. Now, consider that experience economy. Consider that whole, I could almost say that whole lack of looking after that experience cycle, no matter what you do, produced content, um, experiential if you're not trying to fit into that experience in a way that's organic, comfortable, if you're overpackaging to the extent that, you know, you want to keep it safe because you can make cut and paste product, um, <laughs> use our, our, our friends in radio, Australian format, and, and just dump it onto a South African market. The same is happening in the experience economy right now. You need... To understand how that customer is going to not only enjoy the experience you're offering, but how you can build a relationship with them. And in everything I think I've had the privilege to learn, it's about how to build 
relationships with the people you serve so that you can serve them better. But this is going to be a destination. It's only sort of four hours out of Cape Town. If you take a leisurely drive, I mean, you can do the, the N2 or you can go the R62, which is, which is really, Let's really... the dog. Which is really nice. This is real radio. The dog's moving. It's a border collie who sat at the fire last night. Yeah. Um, but you drive up here and then it's going to be a weekend. Well, you, you'll drive up here not just for weekends. You'll drive up here during the week. Um, this will change the local... Uh, the local, call it tourism offer. The space is open to a lot of things. It's open to outdoor experiences. You know, your your weekend warriors will come around here. Uh, there's mountain biking, there's four by fouring, there's mountains and hills to climb. All of those the experiences are there, but at the same time, um, to use a, another company's ethos that I think have perfected that thing of serving people and in a way relating to them and building on how you relate to them. Think Disneyland. When you walk into that space, immediately there's such a uh, focus on you, your family or your partner or how you will feel. And now in the experiential economy, even in the media economy, the, the listener, the punter, the festival goers feel how they feel. What is their emotive um, connection to what you do and that will link is, is thrown aside for, for cheap marketing or very, very easy programming. And that, that breaks connection. That's not a valued connection. I'm sure in Rock Nation, if you think of a guy like Jay-Z, um, his entire relationship with what he makes and who he makes it for is a high-level relationship. It's not a small relationship. It's urban poetry. It's his, it's his personal issues in his life that's thrown out on the table. You know, great artists do that that connection, that relationship. Great brands do that too. With the DNA of what is happening in Ladysmith, what is the timeline for, in inverted commas again, the general public to see, okay, this place is going to open. This is something we should experience. You're looking at uh, end of November, 2023. Um, There'll be a bit of a reveal. Uh, There'll be future event announcements and experience announcements. we have some international collaborations, but again, to push the market and, and the sector itself to finally work within an experience economy with the local community, the supply chain is all honored. It's not just incorporated for uh, aesthetics and, and political correctness. That, those are real working relationships. You've seen it on the site here, Martin. Mm. You've seen the work crews uh, you, well, I saw it from the food last night yeah. to everything was from the town, yeah. everything. And, and that is going to be one of your big driving factors to mm-hmm. really properly upskill and educate. Yeah. You were talking chefs, you were talking all sorts of things. And we don't want to give it away because I think this is just an explanation of what is coming to Ladysmith in November. But you saw the, when you, when you met the work crews on site, uh, when you saw the bowling crews, the fact that those crews are not 
treated as laborers. They're part of a team. team. They're part of our team. They're part of a, a, a mission, a sense of we, we are creating something together. So they're respected on that level. Uh, they, their work is respected. There's craftsmen down there. I mean, you saw stonecraft, you saw woodcraft. There are craftsmen down there. And for me, again, in the event industry, to watch the monopolization of service providers, only certain uh, brands work on certain events and in certain spaces, and they come into a town, they do their thing and they leave. The town gets supplemental uh, here and there income and recognition, but they come in, they go away. Uh, we're here, this is a partnership, a collaboration with an entire community, a municipal district. Uh, there are multiple stakeholders. So those, again, those relationships, how you value them, how you honor them, and then how you execute for the customer, people will see that and feel that. I mean, you were saying, and I love the term, I'm going to use it, the weekend warrior. There's mm. the biking, there's trails, there's walking trails, there's bird watching, all of that. But it's a 365-day-a-year experience. Mm. You can bring people here during the week for breakaways. Mm. I envisage poetry sessions or, mm. or painting or craft or all of those things. Um, you could do outdoor yoga, um, just mm. thinking on the top of my head. It's a holistic That's it. thing to Ladysmith. And in all of that, there's the special event component. So taking the, the industry perspective of not just, uh, I'd call it almost parachuting in and then doing this massive, uh, like the dirt pile where everybody goes to burn something in the mm -hmm. desert. What's left of that? Just what, dirt. What, what, was given, what was given back to, to the local community? What is your continued relationship? And then... For me, the passion project of retreats for artists and creatives will just be invited to stay here, write music, paint, photograph, uh, poetry. Mm. There are creatives out there who aren't invited to spaces, you know, who aren't looked after. And to switch back, I mean, we had a great conversation last night about radio. There isn't a, a institution in this country doing artist development as a media entity with how many hundreds of years of radio, mm. right? So it's not a give back. It should be a natural symbiotic relationship where if you have a space or you have a production platform and there's a creative that can benefit from that and, and they shouldn't pay for that beneficiation. They should, they should come into a relationship with you so that when they go, when they go out into the world, they say, well, I was aligned to that. I, I spent time in that studio and learned something, did something, and it's not a top-down thing. You know, you've got to meet folks where they're at and let them, as we were talking about last night in terms of retreats, let them come to your space and tell you how that space serves them. What a wonderful way to end a, a stunning conversation, how that space serves you, not the other way around. Um, Vernon, keep in touch. Um, let us know. I look forward to coming to Ladysmith with an eye. Thanks, man. <laughs> Thank you, Martin. You pushed and you got your podcast. You got to. You got to seize the moment. You got to be in the room.